Yo, it's Luke from Lion Loft, and happy Mother's Day. We wouldn't be here without the moms in our life, so we're giving thanks to the women out there for all that you do. We have two special pods to share from the L&L crew. In the first, Kendra sits down with her mom to reminisce on Kendra's childhood playing golf. We pick up the convo around the time Kendra picked up a club. dad and I that introduced you to golf or got you into golf it was your uh uncle Steve Malacote Cote and uh he was a fraternity brother of your dad's an avid golfer he actually uh caddied uh on the PGA tour for another um fraternity brother of of his and dad's and um he also caddied at Augusta for a while just for the experience and he um, was the reason that you started playing. You used to tag along behind him. It didn't matter what he did. You wanted to follow him around and be around him and do what he was doing. And he's the one that took you across the road when we lived um, in Aurora, took you across the road to um, the golf course and played putt-putt golf with you. And the first time he did it with you, he swears that you almost beat him. And, <laughs> and that's basically how you got started playing golf. Uh, your dad and I really didn't have anything to do with it. That is true. And I was, yeah, I mean, Coat obviously is the, the forefront of my golf story for a lot of reasons. But um, the connection was obviously through you guys. So... It wouldn't have happened without you guys. Okay. Um, but that's interesting, just the fact that kind of going back to you growing up, like golf was just not even, you know, a thing that ever crossed your mind or you even, like was Eugene Country Club? Like did you know anything about Eugene Country Club? You grew up in Eugene, so. I mean, I, I knew it was there, but my family was not uh, interested in or involved in golf in any way. Dad and I, before you kids were born, him and I would go out and play golf occasionally just for fun. And But to be honest with you, we were both absolutely terrible, and we are still terrible at it to this day. And I attribute that not to lack of physical ability, but lack of patience. <laughs> yeah, and that is the, the name of the game with golf is patience. And But yeah, obviously dad, having played college basketball and a little bit of professional basketball as well, like basketball is obviously a huge part of my life and was something that I loved and adored but and you guys were always supportive of me playing basketball but it was it was really golf that was the vehicle that that led me you know down the road to my future really I guess just like kind of going back to my childhood and and my older brother Scott um he played started playing golf obviously as well I this is where it's interesting to me like my memory is like a kid at that age is obviously a little fuzzy. That's got how did Scott get into golf? Was he was it Coat as well that got him to golf or what was there? How did he start playing? No, I think he started playing because he had a little sister that was playing and he couldn't handle the fact that she was playing and she was good at it. So he had to be he had to be the big brother that could beat his little sister. Um, I think he he played in a few of the summer tournaments that you uh, went to. And then he played on the high school golf team. But again, um, lack of patience got in the way, uh, especially with him. And um, 
you know, so now he he doesn't play much at all anymore. I, you know, maybe socially a little bit, but it's not part of his life, I don't think, much anymore at all. Just kind of getting back into junior golf, I remember my first tournament, we'll never forget it, was at Willamette Valley. How did you hear about the Oregon Golf Association and, like, how did you think to, like, sign me up for tournaments and how did that all start happening? Yeah, I, in fact, I think the very first tournament you played was a little golf course over in Dundee between Dundee and Newburgh. And you did well. I, I don't recall that you won that one. But from then on, pretty much we're in the top one or two in almost every tournament that you played in. And you were just, and I'm sure you were nervous when you teed off because, and you're still this way, you hate being the center of attention. And all the focus was on whoever was teeing off. So you were up there all by yourself. You weren't on a team. And you did have to collect yourself. You couldn't run out and burn that energy off or that nervousness off. So, um, But I think just being the focus of everybody's attention that was watching, which wasn't always a huge crowd. It wasn't like the LPGA. But it was a lot of, a lot of very involved parents. <laughs> and um, so... I guess I didn't realize as you got older that that was still a big issue for you. You seemed to overcome it. I mean, most of your first tee shots weren't too bad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's fun. It's like I said, it's, I think it got better as, as time went on. And as I got more experience, like thinking back to like teeing off at the U S women's open, I actually birdied the first hole and I absolutely creamed my tee shot. So golf's funny like that, but yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what it was. Just, I was the, the quietest, shyest little kid. And even from when I was five, six years old, you, you know, if you would drop me off at like soccer camp or whatever the case was, I would always cry when I would leave you. You're the one that told me not to cry <laughs> in, the, in the first state tournament that you played in as a peewee. Yeah. Yeah. And you won. Yeah. And on the whole coming in, when we were aware that you were going to win it, um, I got all choked up, and, and you came over and, and got mad at me and said, Mom, you can't cry. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's just, you know, I, apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and it's just, it was me projecting on you to, you know, because I always cry, and I didn't want you to cry, and that's really funny. But, yeah, it's, I'm kind of curious, like, just to hear your perspective on, you know, early stages of, like, just like the financial commitment. I mean, back then, like when you when you and dad were like, you know, scheduling out tournaments and like buying me equipment, like did what were what were your guys' conversations like in terms of like, wow, this is getting expensive or like did you like what was the what was the case there? Back then, you know, you had your set of golf clubs. It wasn't like we were replacing them every 6 months. So <laughs> you had your set of golf clubs. Um, so our expenses were hotel rooms and the gas to get there. The fees to play in the tournaments were minimal. Uh, they just weren't they weren't that much. So monetarily, it wasn't a huge sacrifice. Um, and I have to say that, you know, back at that time, I wasn't working. I, I hadn't gotten into real estate yet. And so I was a stay-at-home mom, and I had the flexibility and the freedom to go and take you to those tournaments. And... I have said this so many times to so many different people that I cannot think of a better way to spend my summer than to take my daughter and be on beautiful golf courses with great people, with a few exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's a story. Um, but, you know, we, I mean, we, 
And, and the trips were really great. I mean, in the car, you never talked to me. <laughs> I think you had headphones or something on. So in the car, we, it, was, it wasn't like we had this great mom-daughter conversation. That didn't happen. Um, but anyway, we, we did have a great time. And oftentimes it was just you and me. I think Scott and Kelly preferred just to stay home. And uh, so it was just you and me, and, and the, the tournaments were only, you know, one or two days, so we were only gone two or three days at a time. But it was a great way to be with you and to, um, you know, travel around Oregon, be in beautiful places, and, and, um, and I as well enjoyed, you know, the companionship of the other moms, um, made some great friends, and uh, it, was always, it was always a great time, and, but monetarily it wasn't. It wasn't a huge commitment. But, yeah, sort of, like, moving forward through junior golf, um, you know, it was from age 8 to 18, really, that we, we'd, we'd go out each summer and, um, and play these tournaments. And, and that's, you know, I look back on it, I would, say, I would say junior golf and college golf were easily my best, my best golf memories. And um, it was – I felt like, you know, moving into college and, and getting – to play locally and on the west coast that allowed you and dad to come to a lot of my tournaments and so like just continuing that tradition going to the university of oregon where dad went and where we grew up it was it ended up being a perfect situation and i ended up having you know a a great a great career and um just yeah just kind of curious from your perspective you know i don't think it mattered that if you were a junior golfer or a college golfer I was still extremely nervous every time I watched you play. And Kendra will tell you, and I fully admit, that there were times I couldn't help but either sigh heavily or groan, try to groan lowly if she missed a putt. Or, But she literally heard every sound we made on, and I don't care how many yards away we were, she could hear everything we uttered and every sigh that we made. <laughs> and we got our share of dirty looks from the, from the middle of the fairway because we just could not keep quiet. <laughs> so it didn't really matter to us if it was junior golf or college golf or, or high school golf. I mean, we were always still very nervous. And it's just so different watching your child play an individual sport like golf versus a team sport. Um, because the pressure and you know is on that one that one person, and they make it or they break it, and there's nobody else to rely on, and so um, you know it does make it harder as a parent to watch. You want your child to do really well, and you know they've got the ability, and and you scratch your head when they do something that seems out of norm for them, um, you know. But you know you're not the one playing golf, so. <laughs> um, Anyway, it was, you know, all the way through, it, uh, it was a great, great times, great experience, but there were nerves there throughout. Yeah, it's really interesting because, like, obviously, I mean, you watched, you've watched more golf than I've watched in my life, which is an interesting thing to think about. Like, I, oh, yeah. you know, I, you know, coached in high school, I coached college, and so I kind of got a taste of, like, what it was like to, you know, be watching and observing I mean, you watched from when I was seven, eight years old until, you know, I stopped playing professional golf and you were able to, you know, make it out to a few of my professional events as well. But so, yeah, you definitely like had a unique uh, 
a unique perspective on golf and, and my golf game, just having, you know, been watching me progress from a junior golfer all the way to, you know, a professional level. So and you definitely inserted your opinion to which I never really took too kindly, but you know, I'm watching all that golf, no matter what you're doing, it could be anything. If you're spending that amount of time watching something or experiencing something, you're, you're going to pick up things and you're going to have a valid opinion on stuff. And especially, yeah, I'm having an, I'm having an epiphany right now where I'm like, shit, maybe I should have been listening to my mom the whole time. <laughs> but no, it is funny. I, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, yeah, I could hear everything and I don't know if it's because I have huge ears, exceptional hearing or what, but I, yeah, I'll never forget that, but it was, you know, it was all because, you know, you just wanted me to do well. And, and I, it was always, I always appreciated it when you guys were there watching me. It was always better. I always felt better when you guys were in the, you know, walking and watching me play. Like, I think some of my, my best rounds of golf were you guys were in attendance for, like there was rarely, I mean, I played, I played good golf without you guys there, but some of my best moments, you guys were there, you were there. Um, like I'm thinking about Stanford, um, when I shot like 29 or whatever on, on you guys were there watching. I think there's definitely something to that. It's, you know, seeing a familiar face and just having that, that emotional support, um, there with you kind of gave me a level of comfortability that I felt when I was a junior golfer. Um, and so it's, you know, it's all related and you kind of, you know, lean on that experience and that support. Um, and it, you know, kind of helps ease any tensions or, um, whatever is the case, but ended up playing professionally and you made it out to a couple events, which was great. North Carolina. That was honestly, that was one of my, like the most fun tournaments was when you came to North Carolina, because it wasn't often you were able to come out and watch me play because all of the tournaments were on the, the East coast or at best the Midwest. Yeah. Um, did you come to any other tournaments? No, we did go to Florida, I think twice for qualifying and then North Carolina. I don't, think i went to any other of the tournaments when you played on the symmetra tour yeah i don't think so either which is pretty crazy to think about because the stakes were never higher at that point so to to basically and a lot of the time it was like i would be teeing off super early for you guys on the west coast because i'd be in florida teeing off at you know it's 8 a.m and it's 5 a.m over here and you guys are just sitting there refreshing watching the you know the symmetra tour website so it's kind of interesting that as I went into professional golf, you guys obviously weren't really able to be there. You were working more. You were you'd been in real estate, you, um, and you still are. And yeah, I think it was just Q school, and then that North Carolina event. I think for me, the golf part of it wasn't as much of a concern for me as it was just that you were on the East Coast, we were on the West Coast. You were traveling around, you know, in strange places. I mean, you, you had the same group of people you were golfing with, but. You know, you're just back there basically, you know, by yourself. And I think that part of it bothered me, um, you know, quite a bit. Um, I mean, if I could have, you know, gone back there and traveled with you, I would have. I mean, I think that's really where I would have wanted to be. But it just, at that point in our lives, just wasn't meant to be. So, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was was hard. Um, and to be to be really honest, Kendra started out, she's just a natural athlete. She's naturally coordinated. She has great, uh, you know, timing and, um, you know, she was just born with it. And so golf, uh, came very, very easy to her, you know, as a young child. 
and it stayed easy for her until she got to more like college and the professional loop um, where the girls that maybe didn't have the natural talent that she had always relied on started, you know, working harder to get to where she had been naturally. And I think there was a point where, and I think in a, in a way it was great, but on, on the other hand, I think it was a little bit of a detriment for you because you you'd never really had to work as hard at it to be as good as you were. And so a lot of the girls caught up with you and passed you um, just on the basis of the fact that they had to work harder. Um, and so that was, <clears throat> that was kind of hard for me to watch. I hope you don't mind me sharing that. But it is part of it. And um, so, you know, being a natural athlete has its benefits, but I think sometimes in the end, it, it ends up being a detriment because you just never have to work as hard as other people. And oftentimes the, the hard work ends up paying off where the natural talent kind of levels off and you have to, you have to do what everybody else is doing. And if you're not used to doing it, it makes it harder to, to stay there. Yeah. I think that's completely valid. And I think if you, I mean, unless you're just like obsessed with something and love it and like you're, you're naturally really good at it, but you, you know, you're obsessed with it and you just want to keep getting better. That's a different level. That's like, that's Tiger. That's LeBron. That's, you know, these, the, the goats, you know, of, of these sports, they're not only just naturally gifted, they're obsessed with it and they want to be the best that ever existed. For me, golf came easy and you're exactly right. Like it's, you know, I think I coasted on my ability as a junior golfer and I, I had to definitely had to work, you know, harder in college um, than I ever had before. Not least because I played golf, what, three months out of the year, four months out of the year. Um, growing up and other than that it was other sports and basketball and so going into college it was golf year rounds and I had to figure out a way mentally to wrap my head around that and um, and obviously being on a team and being held accountable helped a lot and made it easier um, I had to be at practice I had to you know do these drills had to do this that because I was on a team whereas when I turned professional it was all on me and I faulted for I think more reasons than than just relying on natural ability obviously you know me being intersex and that whole story definitely played into you know me subconsciously and um I always felt like there was a there was an expiration date on it you know and I I often think about like you know uh had I not been born that way like what that would have presented and how my golf career would have progressed and or if I just would have been like fuck it I don't care I'm gonna I'm intersex I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep playing and we're gonna figure it out and um we may have to (laughs) we may have to go to court we may have to fight the LPGA whatever um but I wasn't I wasn't um I wasn't obsessed with golf I wasn't I I never felt like I could just put everything out of my mind and just focus on golf and like just pure just raw focusing on golf and getting better and being the best version of a golfer I could be I never felt like I could do that to your point of not being able to get comfortable but and it's you know how things have have turned out and shaped out this was always the way it was supposed to go and always the way that it was meant to be it's clear as day in 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 my eyes and I'm I'm curious from your perspective on on a parenting level 
anyone listening to this that's a parent, like when you look back on on raising me and as a golfer and and the tournaments I played and everything from, you know, A to Z to do with golf, like is there anything you would have done different? Is there anything, any advice you have for parents? Well, I think the first thing I would say is golf isn't for all kids. I mean, it, it's it's tough, especially when you're little, to do a sport that's not a team sport. But I will say that if your child has any interest in it uh, or propensity to play the game, um, I cannot think of a better sport for your kids to be involved in than golf. And the main reason I say that is because of the ethics of it, the, you know, the respect and the, um, you know, they have to follow the rules. They have to be respectful. And, um, you know, it just teaches kids such great life lessons and, um, and how to be good people. And I think for me, uh, that's probably the main reason I love the golf game and love the fact that you were involved in it. And selfishly, the fact that I got to travel around with you throughout your whole golf career and, and see places I wouldn't have seen if it hadn't been for you playing golf. Um, it's, it's just a great sport. So, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of reasons why if your child is, has any interest in golf, um, even if it's just when they're little and they just play for the fun of it to get them involved in that at a young age um, and they play as long as they, they want to, even if they don't become competitive or play beyond, you know, junior golf. Um, it's just a great way for kids to spend, you know, their time, uh, well, in Oregon it's in the summer, everywhere else it's year-round, but <laughs> but it's a, it's a great place for kids to spend their time, and, um, and it's also great for the parents that get to go along with them. Well, I'm sitting here at your guys' house in Wilsonville, Oregon, and there's a, uh, a little putting green out in the park, so I think we, we might need to go grab the sticks and and go have a little one-on-one competition. So um, we'll leave it at that. And um, just want to wish every mom out there a happy Mother's Day. You're just the centerpiece in, in all of what we do. Without you guys, a lot of what we do wouldn't be possible. So just want to wish every mom out there a happy Mother's Day. And, and yeah, keep spreading the, the good word that golf is home. <laughs>